What's up, everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode of Shooting the Breeze. I'm your host, Max Hooper, and the purpose of this podcast is for me to share my unique basketball experiences and perspectives while also sharing those of my guests. For those of you who aren't aware, my entire senior season at Oakland University, I did not attempt one two-point field goal, but I took a whole lot of threes, 257 of them, as a matter of fact. I've always prided myself in being a great shooter, and that is what continues to propel my basketball career. So, yep, you guessed it. On this show, we'll be talking shooting. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Sir Dominic Pointer, or just Dom Pointer, as most people know him. This past season, Dom played professionally in Israel with Ironi Kiryat Atta. He spent his first professional season with the Canton Charge in the NBA D-League. He and I played college basketball together at St. John's in Queens. On this episode, Dom and I will talk. Will discuss quite a few funny stories that happened during our time at St. John's. Dom is never shy to share many funny stories and many great times we had together. We'll also talk about his special ability on the defensive end, especially the chase down block, his development as a player, as well as anything else that Dom felt like adding to our conversation. Without any further ado, what's up, Dom? Great to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Max. Absolutely. You know, we're... Uh... We're doing this little long distance, you know, for those listening, Dom, I believe, is located in Israel at the moment. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, Kiryat at the Israel. There you go. And I'm in, I'm in uh, Carmel Valley, California, so we're on two different sides of the world, but we're uh, bringing it together. So let's, uh, you know, no, no need to waste any time. Let's, uh, let's go right into it, Dom. You know, um, I think if I've got some St. John's listeners on here, you know, they'll be pr- pretty familiar with your career, but some people who might not be as familiar with your career, just take me through a brief summary of, you know, what's brought you to now being in your second professional season, you know, through high school, college, and just, just pretty much summarize that for, for the people listening. Um, okay, back in high school, you know, um, I didn't really get no real recognition until my junior year at quality education and it wasn't much then my senior year i really uh blew up and got offered from pretty much everybody in the big east and um a lot of schools um in the midwest uh, where i'm from so that's what um led to me uh, going to st john's you know um i narrowed my my three top schools were what's so long ago uh west virginia St. John's and Michigan. Sure, Those are my sure. Yeah. And um, Lav and uh, the staff just uh, impressed me so much. And I knew what they had coming in. And, you know, I knew Lav's background. And um, him just helping players out and, um, and word of mouth, you know, get back. And, you know, that's what I chose. St. John's. Uh-huh. And then, and then last year you spent your first professional season in the D-League, right? Talk about um... Uh, the can charge. Yeah, talk about talk about the process of getting drafted, and then what led you to uh, to ended ending up there. Uh, the process of getting drafted it was crazy. Um, you know, I went to a lot of workouts. I think, uh, you know, I, I had twenty two workouts, mm-hmm. um, which is over half the league. You know, I worked out with um, a couple teams twice. Um, but. You know, um, after um, I went to the Cleveland workout, you know, um, I, I think I did pretty well there. But, you know, with these um, with these workouts, it's not really to see if you can play or not. It's more about to get the, to meet you in person and see your um, – and for them to see you face-to-face. It's more more of that. They know how you play. They've been watching your whole uh, career. 
So it's not really to see if you can shoot the ball or none of that stuff. That stuff really doesn't matter. It's for them to meet you face-to-face. Every once in a while, you got a couple players, you know, who, who impress people with their athleticism and stuff. But for the most part, it's just to get to know you. Um, but on draft day, um, you know, my agent called me. You know, he said, the Cleveland Cavaliers would like to um, to draft you. Would you want to go? I said yes, and it was it was from there. Then I spent my uh, first year in the um, – with the can charge, um, I played okay. It didn't, uh, I played better than in the playoffs, you know, where I improved my shot throughout the year. So that's how my first year went. And then now you, this year you decided to, to make the jump over the water, go overseas. And so, um, and now you're nearing the end of that end of your second professional season. So it's been, a, it's been a hell of a journey all the way from Detroit, Michigan to North Carolina to San, to New York, Ohio. So all over yeah. the map, you know, I should have yeah. probably, I should have shared this story with the people listening before we got going, but I have to share the story about when, when I first met you, Dom, when yeah, um, <laughs> it's only right, you know, it's only right or only right. around the, I, around the time yeah. when I first met you. Um, yeah. You heard story about the past, you know, so yeah, go ahead. you might as well put it on record and record it, you know, so, <laughs> so for, for those not familiar with, there's a league in, in a, a high school spring. It's like a high school spring league, basically in New York, and it's a um, it's it's in it's in Queens. So there's a lot of you know St. John's um, St. John's fans or St. John's commits who always go to it. And um, typically the 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 teams in the league like you know they play the league, and then towards the end or, or towards the playoffs they bring in they'll fly in players from different areas. So. You know, because they want to have the best chance at winning the championship. So, um, a guy by the name of Nate Blue brought me and Jakar Sampson to his team. So, we had, uh, and D'Angelo Harrison. He brought me, Jakar, D'Angelo, and we had Mo Harkless on our team. So, a lot of St. John's ties in there. And then we ended up playing in the championship against the team that Dom was brought into from up from North Carolina. And they had... We had uh, What'd you we say? Two, we had two St. John commits on the team. Uh huh. And then there were a bunch of you know guys with all going to big schools and so the the it's and it's a tiny gym. It's a tiny tiny little gym. Uh, probably well, like a, literally, I think it's an elementary school or something like that. And um, but you know the the crowd was packed, and um, you know championship game. Championship game, and and for some reason I don't know how, but some reason I end up. I ended up guarding Dom on like the right wing over to the middle kind of, and you know Dom, you know Dom is a little bit quicker than me. He's he's got some uh, some athletic gifts that I might not be blessed with. So Dom, a bit. what'd you say? Just a little bit, not too just much. Just a little bit, just a little bit. So Dom puts it down on the floor with his left, or maybe maybe shot fakes or something. I come flying out at him, close out way too hard. He he puts it down to the middle. And then unfortunately, my, my very good friend Jakar Sampson was the only one left to protect the rim. Only one left to protect the rim. Dom rises up with the right hand and just flushes it on Jakar Sampson right on his head. Jim goes crazy. You know, Jakar, the announcer, you know, it's like almost like a street ball tournament with the um stop for five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. There's nothing we can do. Keep on the Legend has it that the game stopped for five minutes. I don't even know what happened. The announcer's running out on the court. You know, it's 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 crazy. And, I mean, 
at the time, I wasn't going to St. John's at the time. So that was, you know, I didn't even know Dom personally at all. So at the time, really all that was was, you know, I'll let you blow by me so you can go get a dunk. You know, that, that was me looking out for you. You know, that was that was foreshadowing that we would be friends uh, later on to come. But, you know, we talked every time like me or J- me, Jakar and Dom were together. We pretty much just always rehashed that story. And then especially my dad would always every single time we were together would always. Um, not a time he did not bring it up. Every single time he saw you. Hey, Dom, remember that? Yes. Yes, Chip. I remember it. <laughs> But it's all, uh, you know, it, I think it's just cool. I, I think that story is just an example of just how basketball brings people from totally different places together. And just like it, it, it always shows that, like, you know, you never know what in your journey, what's going to happen. You know, as you've been all around all these different places that we just went through, I've been all over the place. And I think that's a pretty, you know, obviously it was embarrassing for me, embarrassing for Jakar. But, you know, it's a funny story. It's a funny story to look back on. Yeah. And it's a story that we never could forget, even if we wanted. <laughs> even if we wanted to, because my dad probably beat it into our heads. Um, it's just it's in our heads forevermore. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, that that um, it's crazy to think that was six years ago now, though. Um, that's actually, well, that's how that's actually how I met your dad. Yep. When you yep. That's how that's how we met. That's how how you met my dad. How me, you, Jakar, all of us came together, really. Yeah. Um, we're, we're from there. Yeah. So hopefully, you guys, you know. That story might be more special to us than to the listeners. It might not be as funny, but if you were there, it was it was hilarious. Trust me. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about. I, I kind of we kind of went through your you know your journey, but I you know in your in your college career you were as you, you got you had the opp- unique opportunity to play a ton as a freshman, but then you know I think for whatever reason your game just took a whole nother leap during your senior year. But let's go back to high school and how do you feel like – do you feel like your game changed over the course of high school on into college or did you uh, just yeah. – talk about I, I the feel, way your game developed over, over the course of time. Um, my game developed from – okay, so from – I went to a school in, in Michigan in Roseville where you're talking about not, no shooting. Uh, I don't – you know how you took all threes? I, I took all layups and dunks. <laughs> No mid-range, no floaters. It was all just dunked and laid Just up. to the basket. Yeah. You know, always been fast and had to handle. But um, so I had that. Then I went down to North Carolina where, you know, um, I couldn't – you can't – I couldn't shoot. So when I got down there, it was horrible. Because um, that's a step up in competition, right? That was a big-time step up. A big step. I went from playing center <laughs> to playing shooting guard. So right. it's, it's – it was a big step. So um, when I did that, I wanted to. I went down there, Quincy Miller. I wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. Quincy Miller, six. Everybody, I think a lot of people know who he is. About six ten, six eleven. NBA for a couple of years, and now now he's in now. Um, yeah. He killed my confidence. The little confidence I did have. The first day I walked in there, uh, fresh off the plane, I'm like, yo, I'm like, this is center right here. I ain't got to check him. He, he looked hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it was crazy. He hit every three. Every, I'm like, man, I, I, you know how you just, like, you just know, like, you don't belong? I kind of feel like that. I just didn't belong right. at this level. But, I, you know, uh, I talked to my mom. So I, um, I stuck it out. You know, I got better real fast. Um, the only reason I played in games, because I was a great defender. Mm-hmm. 
So it went from that, and you know, my my confidence shot up the next year, my senior year. You know, where I began to shoot the ball better, and it went from there. Then my freshman year of college, I reverted back to my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. All done, yes, you know, and I had to start all over again, and I just developed into um, more and more confidence. More and more confidence. Um, the way I've installed them, you know, my coaches, Rico, you know, they always talking trash. But you gotta, you gotta step your game up, and then it, it, it proved to where I'm at now. You know, um, from my senior year to now, I've gotten a lot better. So, right, just big jumps. Right, and then it was like I think. So you said like how you said um, at quality, you feel like at, at quality education, you felt like you had to. Um, you felt like the only reason you could get on the court was because of defense. Do you think that, I mean, ultimately in, in college, you know, senior year, you were big, big East defensive player of the year. Do you think that kind of put that mindset that, you know, if I can play defense, you know, I can really, I can really help the team and uh, where I'm playing anywhere. Do you think that kind of started that or were you always a great defender or how did that um, go? Uh, back, back, um, I was, I was always a great shot blocker, you know, steal the ball. I was never like, you know, check on the ball until I got, to quality where, you know, I had to start checking these fast guards and, you know, I developed it uh, when I got there. You know, when the competition stepped up, you know, my body, thank God, stepped up with the competition and, you know, and that was on the way on the floor for me. Like, I, I wasn't going to get you a 30 ball, you know, until my senior year. I wasn't going to get you a 30 ball. I get you 10, you know, all dunks and layups. But we go, I'm going to play hard on defense. I'm going to play hard. Make sure everybody else play hard. Right, right, right. And- I think what, you know, a lot of people, some, sometimes the prep school thing, you know, it gets kind of negativity because guys will leave their, their home high school, you know, where they've played for three years for their senior year or something like that. But for people who haven't been through it, I mean, I think really going to prep school is really the best thing for you to prepare you for college because, you know, every team is going to have pretty much a roster full of D1 players for the most part. and um, you know, Not D1, not D2, but right. it just – it's, it's better for the simple fact that when you're at a, you know, when you're at a regular high school, you're you're the, you're, you're more likely to be the best player, of course. And but then the other player around you, they're going to JUCO. You know, they're not. The competition level is down. Right. So not just right. um, so not just for um, you know, so no no scouts come to to the games where there's no name. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get you get a couple, but. Well, if you want to, like, I, I wouldn't have got no scholarship offer if I would have stayed at my old school. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to move, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Go ahead. For most, for most teams, like, for most players like that, they don't move fast enough or, you know, they um they miss out on going to a prep school because they hear everybody say, no, don't leave. You know, the coach at the high school is not looking out for you. He's looking out for himself, you know. And that's what it is. So you sometimes you got to make that move just to better yourself, your game, and get you ready for college, you know. Right. And I think the competition thing, I think there's – obviously there's competition because you're going to be playing against better teams. But also every day in practice, you know, you're going to have to um, play against players and be challenged. And pretty much if you don't bring it in practice, then you're, exactly. you're not going to have a spot or you're, you're, gonna look, you're not going to look good because someone is out there um, – Trying to embarrass you. Um, it's it's kind of like how coach. There's something coach Lavin used to always tell us is you know, all the great teams. Everyone has a sparring partner, so they're going at it in practice every day. You know, and that, that happened for me in high school. 
when I went to Brewster Academy for prep school, I was going against um, Deron Johnson every day. You know, a guy going mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh, athletic, can shoot. And that mm-hmm. was a huge step up compared to who I was guarding every day in, high, in my normal high school where it's like I'm guarding a guy who won't even play college ball anywhere. And yeah. it challenged me in a whole different way. And I think, I think everyone who goes to a, big, uh, like a prep school with a lot of talent experiences something, uh, something pretty similar to that. Exactly. When I when I was at quality, we had um, quality education. We had ten guys that had committed to a D one school. Right. Ten, and between juniors and seniors, we had right. ten. So that means so, there's five guys coming off the bench who who all have scholarships. We had we had we had a dude come off the bench going to Georgetown, Wake Forest, right. Baylor. He come he come off the bench. <laughs> so like, you know what I'm saying? It's good, but like. Like you said, we all played enough to, um, you know, coach gave us all our good, our minutes. But when you got people come off of Georgetown, Baylor, Wake Forest, come off the bench, you know you got a good team. Obviously, obviously. So, so I, the question I want to also ask you, but you kind of answered it already. So, when you when you started to get those scholarship offers, that was around the time when you went to to uh, quality education. That's when you started yeah. to gain your attention. People didn't like people didn't really seem to know you before that. Do you feel like? I had zero scholarship offers. Nothing, nothing uh, a D2, but it wasn't, it wasn't a scholarship offer. It was, they were talking to me. They didn't offer me. But I didn't get a real scholarship offer until I came to um, to, to quality. Um, and it went from there. And then my phone started blowing up, and everything went downhill from there. I remember I um, when I was working, when I, or when I was at Oakland, I had to – Part of the summer summer school thing was we had a we had a team camp we had an Oakland basketball team camp for high school teams to come play, and so you know the coach obviously you know makes the the players run the scoreboard and run the clock and stuff. Um, and then I remember um, somehow your name got popped up whether it was one of the assistants were talking and he he said he remembered you playing at Oakland team camp. Um, I don't know what year that would have been freshman or sophomore year, but they said like your game had so much growth because even even a school not that Oakland's a bad you know a bad school because it's 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 a, it's a pretty good level but you know it's obviously nothing compared to St. John's West Virginia and Michigan and honestly they said they they weren't even ready to offer you at the time I don't think because um, they said you were running around there dunking and doing these things but you still had so much so much growth in your game to experience you know you were so raw and just just pretty much like you said all dunks and layups. Um, yeah. Do you remember that? Nope. Do you remember playing there? I remember playing there. Um, so my, um, we used to go to Detroit. We used to go to uh, Michigan. We used to go to Oakland for um, like little summer tournament sites. And like all the coaches, all the coaches were the same thing. You know, you're good, you hustle, but you don't have like they, it, I'm six six, and I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you don't, you don't right. see a six six player playing. Power forward center, and I'm not like thick, right? You know, so it's, it's like, oh, you just you just run and dunk, you know what I'm saying? It was it was no shot like of me having it until I um, went to a better school, you know, and showed the game and showed who I, I can defend. Within college, like you know, I, I checked in the centers. I went from checking centers to point guard the next, one game, the next game. I was always on the best player, right? But that's what, regardless of position, regardless of size, whatever. Yeah, so. Um, that's what it was, and that that was that was my attribute to to St. John's and to um, all 
all the colleges, they're like, oh, okay, I, I didn't see him take the number one center. I didn't see him take the number one point guard. All in the same. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that, that's what got me. Uh, that's what uh, Peace Jam, actually. Cause, you know, um, Peace Jam got me my uh, calling. Uh, Michael Carter Williams was scoring 50, 50, 50 on everybody. He got to me. He had 12. Right. Um, Austin Rivers, you know, uh, he had – you know, he took 35 shots to get all his points, you know, and we, sure. we won. Um, and it was just, just stuff like that that coaches started to see, you know. Right, um, slowly was, but surely, just kind yeah, of no, impressions and stuff. And, you know, then I was hitting jump shots. My confidence was up, you know. So, he was on a good team, too. So, it, it was all it was all just uh, falling into place for me mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, you know, that's what, that's what it is. It's about, like, you know establishing what you're what you bring to the table what your niche is what your role is and then pretty much growing and expanding in that and your career is a you know a great example of that and we'll touch on that a little more later but something i want to talk about next was the experience of coming to st john's with no upperclassmen you know no one there um to show you the ropes or you know to battle for playing time pretty much you played as much as you possibly could have asked for as a freshman so what was that experience like being a freshman and starting, you know, pretty much every game as as a freshman at a school like St. John's? Uh, it was a lot of growing pains, um, a lot of a lot of heartache, man. You know, um, you want to come in and you want to do so well, like as a team, you want to win games. But when you as a freshman, you know, they come in, you know, you have no, like you not you don't play together that much. But being thrown in the fire is good. Um, we got better the next year, like. Each year we got better and better, so that that helped out in that way. But being thrown into the fire is difficult, and, and your confidence because you're losing every game. You know, and even though the coach is saying, you know, we get better, we gonna get better. You're like, yo, we we won in two in the big. I mean, we won in ten in the Big East. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though even though that year we out of out of sixteen teams, we finished like tenth. Right. But you know, it's still you still lose a lot of games. You know, we won a lot of games that year. We beat a lot of big teams. We beat like three, four ranked teams, but that was just all pure energy. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like we couldn't consistently. It was no consistency in uh, in our freshman. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and especially a conference like the Big East, you know, a super physical conference, and you got teams with with you know full of seniors who have been playing together. You know, who have a um, well, I mean, honestly, have a, you know, maybe eight, nine-man rotation with different guys to throw at you, and you guys are just five freshmen running around playing almost the whole game. And yeah. I, mean, I was 35 minutes my freshman year. Right, right, which is, which is unheard of, especially at that level, you know. Um, usually there's – usually the even if you're, you know, even if it's one of the, you know, guys who are expected to be one and done, you know, there there's at least, you know – someone who's who's coming in for him you know to sub and it, it was just a such a unique experience but like you said i mean i think i think that that brought you guys together as a group and i think i mean like you said you were forced to pretty much get better and learn because otherwise you're going to keep getting your ass kicked um every game and so that that brings me also to what i want to talk about um your your experience at st john's it was pretty unique because you it was you, you, D'Angelo, and Phil, really, who, who were on that team um, who ended up, you know, finishing at the other end as seniors. And talk about the, uh, the chemistry with that team and how, how much of a, 
how much how much of a factor you think you guys playing together for so long really helped? Um, like you just said, you know, the chemistry it, it helped so much. Knowing where um, when you got three years going into your senior year, you know how a certain person play and getting better each year. You know, so each each year you you try to add something to your game. Each year, um, I try to step further and further out um, to you know to my senior year to a point I was just hitting all mid range jump shots. You know. Confidence, you know, him lay up, blocking shots, doing what I do. Um, then you, then like you just know your role, you know. Um, like you know, Phil go hit a big shot when it's time. You know, Phil will be consistent. You know, D'Angelo gonna go out there and get you twenty. You know, you know Chris gonna uh, play defense. Like we, everybody knew their role, and it was no confusion. You know, but when we got to that point, it was everything was just moving like a locomotive. You know, everything we throwing the coal in the. I love to say, you know, on the, like the comparison. That was a, that was definitely a coach Lavinism. <laughs> yeah, everything was just moving, just moving down the, down the line. It was just the, the locomotive was just moving. The train was it was smooth, smooth, smooth sailing. Right, and, and that chemistry, you know, it's so it's so hard to find um, because it just, I think it just takes time. You know, it simply put, it just takes time, and you can't just expect to throw a group of guys who haven't ever played together and just understand exactly what each other do, uh, what each player likes to do. And um, I think that's why you see a lot of these teams in college who end up being, uh, you know, winning the national championship or making deep runs in the tournament. You know, they have seniors who have multiple years of experience together and they have guys who aren't too proud. You know, there's not there's not five guys on the team who are trying to average 30 points a game. You know, they're everyone's confident and happy with their role. You know, they're happy with bringing to the table what they bring to the table. So then they can help other people do what they do. It's not like someone's trying to, uh, five just trying to shoot the ball up. You know, you were obviously you you got your points. You averaged about 14 points a game as a senior, but you know, you knew that you were going to be the versatile defender and you were going to make plays with the ball when a bigger guy was guarding you. You were going to get to the rim, and then you were going to do what you do, which is pass the ball and find uh, find open guys on the perimeter. And when a team is working like that, I think it's just a really uh, a really beautiful thing to watch. You know, it's, it really is. You know, whenever where everything is clicking, you know, like uh, our like we we uh, our freshman year we got. I mean, not freshman. Our senior year we got St. John's ranked highest. I think we were. Uh, I think we got like sixteen or fifteen. Yeah, I think yeah, I was gonna say fifteen. And um, you know, we we haven't did that since in, in, in the two thousand era. You know what I'm saying? Right. Since um, test, I think. Yeah. So, you know, um, oh yeah, Ryan, besides Ryan, um, besides that, we, it was you know we beat we we beat uh Syracuse at the Dome. Had that haven't been happening ten twenty years, like something like that. Right. Since right. the test, I think again, like. So everything, you know, our senior year, we were just clicking, and it was it was no better, no better movement. You know what I'm saying? It was, you know, everybody has still had their lumps and their abuses, uh, but of course, it's it was, not just perfect. It's not all perfect. Um, yeah, but everything was clicking though. Everything was moving the right way. Yeah. So talk about. So next thing I want to talk to you about is being on being on that team, or really any team. What talk about like being so versatile on offense? What what goes into your mind? Because I know you do something that not not tons of people do. Some people do it, but not tons. You know, grab the rebound and then just push it. You know, you're not looking for the point guard. What what goes into your mindset on that? Um, you know, just bringing it up and then being so versatile on offense. 
Um, you know, when I bring the ball up, I'm looking to score. You know, that's the first thing. You know, um, and then I'm looking for shooters. After that, you know, um, when I when I'm when I'm get the ball, my my object is to beat the big man down the floor. You know, um, I'm faster than I'm faster with the, with the ball than a lot of people are just running. So my object is just to get the ball as fast as, get it down quite as fast as I can, and make a play from there, whether it's a layup, jump shot, or fanning it out to, to other shooters, you know. So I just like to run, you know. That's, that's why I'm at my best, and I know it. So I, um, I try to play to my strength, which is get the ball and go. Right. Obviously, if you have these, you know, athletic gifts, quickness, length, like you said, speed, there's no point in, you know, just not moving, not being active and – stagnating and yeah. i mean that's like like you should you should play to your strengths just like any other player should play to their strengths and i think um mm-hmm. i think once that kind of once that kind of clicked and your confidence really got rolling you know in your senior year that's when it definitely was um it, it you made best. it work so another thing that i want to talk about obviously you were the the big east defensive player of the year um mm-hmm. I think probably because of your versatility, like you said, your ability to guard not only the point guard and the and the five men, but then anyone in between. You know, whether it's a uh, stretch four with you know some moves to his game, a shooting guard who runs off screens, or really anyone. Um, yeah. And you average two blocks and two steals, which I don't even know if when that's been done. I wish I had the stat on that, but I, don't, I think that's that doesn't really happen very very often at all. So talk about. Let's just talk about what goes into your your mindset defensively. Like you know, I've, you watch film of yourself. You you're getting in the passing lanes. You're blocking shots. You're getting all these sorts of steals. What like what goes into that? Is that natural instincts? Do you you know are you studying specific guys' film or what? Just what goes into your mindset on defense? It's a, it's a little of both. You know, um, it's, a, it's a lot of um, reading the scouting report, but it, it's a lot of just instinct. So. If I'm checking a quick guard, you know, I know to, um, you know, just put a hand low and, you know, and give him a distance and use my length, you know, um, you know, try to block his shot, you know, use my timing to get him off balance to, to block the shot. If it's a big guy, you know, try to bait them into throwing a ball where I can steal it, you know, on the floor, throwing it up. Um, and just using my timing and knowing who the person is, like knowing if they like to feel, like they like to hold you off. You know, so just little stuff like some, certain certain players, you know, they hold you with it with one hand. You know, I just I just I just put my hand on their hand, you know, so they feel me, and then I get around them that way. It's just different things, you knowing little tricks that I learned over the years with um through playing throughout college with with players who did different things to me. You know, mm-hmm. it just um I just played so much and um I got you know I got another shot block. You know, Chris, who of people course, are Chris afraid. Obekley, of. Yeah. Yeah, who people are afraid of, you know, so that helped me out too when they hated going to his side, so they had to come to my side. And right. <laughs> so he's the side you had to go on, you had to deal with somebody, you know. So it was it was just you pick your poison and they they picked me, which was you know, not too good, but it, it is what it is. Right. And I think I mean that's kind of a tough question I asked you just because, you know, people ask me, you know, how how do you get your shot off or how do you, how do you you know, how are you able to get yourself open and like I mean, like, yeah, it's just like, it's, I just do it. You know, I just, I just make it work and figure it out. But, but I think a lot of the things, you know, people, people, I don't know if people would ask you this, but just how can I become a great defender like you, you know? Well, 
you know, some of it is your athletic gifts and then so, a lot of it is your experience, you know, your, your reactions, your reaction time and your anticipation and things like that. You can't really, you can't really teach. You can't really say how you do it. You know, you just kind of, when you're out there, your mind is working in a certain way and boom, when you see something happen, you go for it or you get the block, you get the steal, whatever. And you see a lot of things happening before it happened. Like, yeah, like happening in slow motion type of thing. Like when you when you like when you come off the screen when you about to shoot the ball you know yeah, soon I, know, I, touch, I know it's going up. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like I know, you know, every once in a while, you know, you know, a guy gonna do a regular layup. He don't see me. I'm coming. Boom. There's nothing he can. Do. Yeah. You, know, you got a, you got a couple of people who can finish around you, but for the most part, you know, you know it's coming. You you got your timing right, and you've been doing it for so long. It's, it's second nature to you. Right, and then I mean, obviously, the the most important thing. Um, you know, you could have the, all the technique, all the anticipation, read every scouting report, but defensively, all it is is just playing your ass off. You know, it's um, yeah. effort and going 100% at, uh, like at 100% speed because um, anything less than that is is not going to work. And but I mean, anyone who's you know obviously a high level player, they bring it every night. They have energy, effort, and those sorts of things. So I mean, that kind of is a given, but it's also you know. If there's a kid, you know, saying, Dom, how, do, how, how can I be a shot blocker like you? And then you watch the kid play and, you know, he's, he's not even engaged on half of the possessions. Then it's like, well, you have no chance. It's want to. Most of first it starts off with want to. And then it goes to God-given ability. First you got to want to do it. Yep. Once you want to do it, then your God-given abilities and stuff. And just training, training your mind and your body, it, it's not going to happen the first time. You got to keep doing it and doing it. And eventually, it comes. But with your abilities, to to the most you can be, you know what I'm saying. You got to know what you can be. Mm-hmm. If you're a slower guy, you got to know like I can't, I can't turn this way. I can't move this way. So it's knowing your body. It's knowing who you are as a person and knowing your your skill set. Right. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely is good stuff. So, you know, usually. When I bring well, actually, this season, as far on all the highlights I've seen, you you've been shooting the shit out of the ball. I've seen. Um, I've been great, man. I've been having a a ball shooting the shit out the ball over here, man. So talk about that. Is that just just pretty much confidence and freedom of your mind? You know, just letting it fly, or talk about that. Uh, Yeah, man. When I um when I first got over here, it's different. Um, you got adjustments, you know, and man, it's like. You know, back in the D League, you know, it's I, I had I think I had like a pretty young cast with me. I got sure. over here, um, I had an older cast with me, um, and one of one of the guys told me, you know, they they will send you home if if you don't put the ball, if you don't like you don't put the ball in the air, if you don't shoot the ball well. Like over here, it's it's, it's a business, so they they send you home faster than they would in the NBA. So if you're not producing right away, they send you home. Right. I'm like, you know, for my family, you know, you know me, I'm a very unselfish guy. Of course. So, pass the ball, you know. Right, you're I do not used I, to putting up 15, yeah. 20 shots a game. Exactly. So, I had to adjust to doing that. Like, I, I, I put up I put up 18 shots a game, you know. <laughs> like, and, I, you know, in six on threes. I don't, I've never shot six threes in a game in my life right. on a consistent basis. And that's an average. That's an average. I average six threes shot attempts. I, I'm, I'm making three of them. So, like, I'm shooting – I'm shooting uh, – over here I was shooting 30 – at one point I was shooting, like, 
thirty-eight percent. Right over here, and you know it dropped. It, it dropped throughout the course of the year. But I was shooting at a, at a steady clip, at right. about thirty percent. So, it, and it just, it just with your mindset, like like when it comes down to you or somebody else, you gotta you gotta you gotta be selfish over here. You gotta be you gotta be selfish, and you gotta you can't just like let the game come to you. You gotta you gotta go take it sometimes. Right, and that's it. So it, it helped me out a lot, though. So it, and it, it's getting me, um, it's getting me ready for the summer league. So I, I'm happy I came over here, and you know I'm happy I, the people I ran into. So it's helping me out. Right, right, right. And so usually when I bring people on here, we talk. I ask them, you know, what their thoughts are about shooting. But since you're such a known as such a great defender, I'd rather talk to you on the other side of the ball and talk about what goes into your what goes into guarding a shooter. You know, what are some things that you think are important when guarding a shooter? Or what's the mindset when guarding, a, like, an absolute knockdown shooter? What What is your job as a defender? Am I, am I chasing you? Am I chasing Kyrie? Like, it depends on who, oh, who it is. like a shooting specialist. Someone like me, someone like whoever, okay. you know. And someone like... Three-point shooter. You have to... Um, you have to... You have to someone like you. You have to chase them off all screens. You have to be aware at all times because they, they people like you are sneaky. They are staying straight up, walk around, and then all of a sudden burst out, and you know now you're getting hit by a screen. So you got to be ready for all screens at all times. You got to be low. And you got to be able to get through screens. You got to do a little grabbing. You know you got to get them in the head. Yo, you got to hit them a little bit just right. to get in their head. Um, and you, and, but you always gotta be on your on your game. You can't let them get going. You can't let them see the basket. No airspace. Mm-hmm. As soon as they touch the ball, you you right up on them. There's no there's no like oh I'm I'm halfway there because somebody like you all you need is a, that much. Yeah, you don't you don't have to set. Touch. Yeah, you, don't, you players, players like you don't have to set your feet. Right. So you gotta be there and you gotta know. Like if they don't feel your presence. They don't hear you. They don't feel you. They're shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. Even even then, you still might not even affect a shot. Mm-hmm. But at least if you're there, most of the time, over the consistency of time, it's going to go in your favor. Right. They're yeah. still going to make sure. Though. Yeah, that's – um, and, and then obviously – because, I mean, like you say, a person like myself. But then also I have, ex- I have experienced guarding, guarding shooters, you know, because sometimes – Sometimes, like in college, my coach would want to put me on the shooter, so um, because you know maybe I, I I can know how to navigate those screens a little better or something like that, and just arrive right on the catch. And the, the biggest thing I think from of guarding a shooter is you can't let them see the ball go through once. You know, you can't let them see that easy one because then that's when they start hitting the you know the fallaways and the step backs and all sorts of crazy. Um, my mindset as a shooter, I'm one shot. I'm one shot away from being hot. You know, once I see one goes through the hoop, I'm like, I'm on fire. Yeah, and, and they gotta and shooters have a short memory, so even if they miss two or three, don't think they're not gonna shoot no more. There's yep. another one's going up, especially if all they do is shoot. Right. Another one is going up. They've been doing it their whole life. They're not gonna stop today. They're not gonna stop tomorrow. They're gonna keep shooting. Right. So just because you think that oh they've been missed two or three, if one go in. And so they, they say over five. If they make three for ten, that's still a great percentage. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a decent percentage. But 
But like, and then I think a thing, a huge thing about the shooters is also they can, like you said, if they go, let's say they go zero for five during the game, they can bury the one with ten seconds left that seals the deal, and then they're one for six. You know, they have that that type of ultimate confidence and to 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 still bury big shots at the end of the game. Just because just because you, you missed a few shots doesn't doesn't mean anything. You know, like you said, you've been doing it your whole life. You you put in the work every day, and you you deserve to you know knock down those shots and. I think I think this might also go into your mindset with guarding a shooter, which really doesn't affect me as much because you're such a you're such a good help defender. You know, you're such a good secondary defender. So sometimes guarding a shooter, you might be tempted, you know, to go get it, go get a block or go get a quick steal. But then if you know if the guy pump fakes and then kicks it out back to your man, then you're kind of in trouble. So talk about talk about that. You know, what trying to balance, you know, locking onto a shooter and also being a help defender. Um, that, that too, it's, see, that's when you got to know the other person too. Like, um, if it's, if it's a pass first player who's going to lay the ball up, it's like, uh, do I help? Do I not? You know, when it's like a, more of a selfish guy who's looking more to get a bucket, you can, you can go help Cause more. You know, you're not as concerned with him kicking it out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. But it depends on like, that's where you have to know the other person who, that's when your brain got to react faster. You got to move faster because now you got to know that oh, this guy he's he's a black hole. He's not going. He's not going to pass it, so I can help. Mm-hmm. Versus a guy, you know, every once in a while, you know, the black hole he had passed it there. <laughs> once in a while, once in a while. Yeah, but you got you got you to play your odds at, at this point. You know, if he got a wide open layup, you know. So, but I try in this situation. I try to you know to fake do a lot of faking. Yeah. Because cause like um keeping the offense off balance then. Yeah, if you just full out um, rotate uh, the knockdown shooter, uh, that's the one he need. You've been playing great defense on him the whole time. Now he got an open one. He see it go through. Now his confidence back up. He's moving more. Like he might, he might have slowed down a little bit. He might not be moving as fast. You know, a little down. But he hit that one. He back energized. He up. Right. He ready. To play game. So that's what you don't want. You don't, you know, sometimes you give up two for three depending on the. Time score, so it's all about um, knowing, 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 reading the scouting report, and knowing everything going on during the game. Right, and like the reason why I asked that question is because you know if I'm guarding a shooter and I'm mm-hmm. locked onto him, and I see a guy drive, you know, more than likely I'm probably going to just stick with him because you know yeah. I'm not the great shot blocker that you are, and I don't have the quick reaction time and the the anticipation that you have to get your hands, you know, get steals and make stuff happen. So. I just feel like you would be like, well, do I, like, am I really adding as much, you know, helping the team as much as I can just by staying here, you know, when I can be, you know, slapping, slapping shots away and doing all these sorts of things. So just, it's just a, just a balance, you know, um, there's a lot of different, you, you bring so much to the table defensively that it would almost, I feel like you'd almost be leaving stuff on the table if you just stayed on the shooter, but it, it's such a it's such a thing a difficult thing to talk about because there's so many there's so many different scenarios there can be and every player's different every, every play is different so you can't just say you know one straight away uh, time and score mm-hmm. you know rather late in the game beginning of the game what's the game plan do you want to stop this player more do you want to stop this player you know, like it's different things so right. even though he's a shooter he only shoots three three the game. But like it's, it's it's so much that goes into it. Like your coach might say, "Go help." Like 
coach might tell you, I don't care who he is. So, it's, you know, it's, it's all about game plan. So it's a lot that goes into preparing for shooters, drivers, you know, big big guys who live, you know, like to call plotters. <laughs> right. Versus the agile, uh, mid-range shooting big man. So everything, everybody different in every game situation is completely different than the next. Right. So, and then another thing that I want to talk about as far as your defense is, do you think, like, I, I can't say I've ever experienced this in my life, but, you know, a chase down block, is that, like, one of the most satisfying feelings, like, on the basketball court? Like, is that just, is that, like, one of the best things to do? Like, is that one of your favorite things to do on the court? It really is. It's like, it's gotta um, be, right? Well, it's, it's, it's by far my favorite thing. Uh, I like that better than dunking. Um, so when you when you get a chase down block, it's like I got an easy two points, or somebody challenges you at the rim. It's like your, your chest get big, and it's like <laughs> I'm, just, I'm taking it away. It's, it's no chance, like right? Because the guy just thinks it's like you said, easy two points. You know, just lay it in easy, get back on defense. Nope. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm going to the candy store. I'm finna just. Go give me some 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 tussie rolls and I'm I'm a lead. No, I'm I'm gonna snatch the tussie rolls from you and make you go get some more. Like it just feels so good, man. Take somebody and, and it totally pumps up the crowd too. Definitely oh, like the crowd, you, your teammate. Yeah. Like, especially especially you know when it, when it's in a big moment. You know, if you um you're down five with three minutes to go and. Like y'all just deflated, you know. It's, you can't get over that hump, and that's that's what you need to get over the hump. Sometimes, you know, a big defensive play to get you over the hump. A big block, get the crowd going. It just wake everybody up, you know what I'm saying? So I, I love doing that. And that's St. John. That's what I did. I, I, my uh, first three years, I was the wake up guy. Like right. when we were strong, anything we needed a big play on the defensive end or big dunk, you know. I was the guy to get that big block, that block no nobody seen coming from the from the weak side, you know, just to wake everybody up. That's, that's sometimes you just need that that guy who just wakes everybody up. Right. right. Totally. And so so you already you kind of already touched on this a little bit. You talked about how how different it is playing over in Europe, but talk about just professional basketball in general compared to what it was like playing at St. John's. Talk about how, how different those two things are. This is actually closer to St. John's than than it is the NBA. Um, Wait, what? So this the the overseas game is closer to to St. John's than it than the NBA. Okay, okay, okay. And and and, and the style of um, the the rules, the no three seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only off for three seconds. No things like that. So there's more help over here. You know. Um, the only thing different is like once the ball hit the rim, it's a live ball. So every once in a while, you can just hit it off the rim. Right. Got a couple of them this year too, but um, like the, the um the spacing is um they run pick and roll a little different over here. So everything a little different. More it's more of a college game over here. Sure. It's um, it's a slower pace, um, more half court. You know, in the NBA, if everything is spread, it's um. Check your guy, you know, help when you can. Mm-hmm. Basketball. Um, it's more you have to sit down in the NBA and play defense and pick your point. Over here, you can try to stop everything, even though you can't. You can't stop everything in no league, but you 
it's easier to pick your poison over here than it is in the NBA, you know? Right. The NBA, yeah, so spread, so spread out. Guys are just so athletic. Um, yeah. it's, it's The rotations are longer, so then if you do have to help, then, you know, you're, you're in trouble um, because guys are just so good at, at everything that they do. They're so good at everything that it's really hard to – once your defense starts getting scrambling, it's kind of it's kind of tough to stop them. So over here, the, the three point line is closer too over here. So that's, they they put that like, in the NBA. They use the, the three point line a lot, but it's even easier to use the three point line here because it's so it's so much closer. Like <laughs> you got to you say uh, a guy who can't shoot threes in the NBA, he hits these mid range these mid range jump shots to him over here. You know, right? So. It's 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 all it all balances all over here. Got it, got it. Well, um, that wraps up the main part of the podcast. But the way the way I end all of them, you know, like like everyone knows, I'm you know, I'm a three point shooter. I love threes, so I end everything with the top three. And the one this I think people are gonna like this one. This is gonna be funny. But the one that I want I give everyone different categories. You know, some people I ask who's the best three point shooters in the NBA, uh, favorite college gyms to play in. All sorts of different things. So the one I want to talk about with, with you, Dom, is uh, top three. It can be either you know St. John's or Coach Lavin moments, or it can be like a, a Coach Lavin quote. You know, however you want to take it. So I'll let you give your first one, and then I'll do mine, and we'll go back and forth for top three St. John's Steve Lavin moments quotes. However, you, however you want to take it, go for it. Give me, give me your number one. Uh, my number one. Um, it gotta be uh, even in practice one time. Um, so one of the um, I, who was who was one of the coaches fell asleep, standing, standing up. Um, I don't know if you were there yet. I think uh, I was, but if yeah, keep going, keep going, and maybe maybe I'll see. Okay, he was standing up. Um, Coach Loud looks over. And he yells like, you're worse than the fucking kids. You're going to fucking school standing up. What's wrong with you? Go, go, go. It was, it was, it was too funny. Like, and, like, he was so serious. And, like, we, we couldn't laugh at the time. Right. It was, but it was 6 a.m. in the morning. So everybody was still asleep. And coach, the coach was stood up asleep. Like, you heard him snoring. And he kicked him out. Like, oh, we are, oh man. Right. And Coach Coach Labs just his uh his reaction to it was probably hilarious. Oh my, that that's that's what makes it so fun. Like people don't understand the the reaction on his face. Like he gets so red and he's so cool. It and he it just and he just he's the nicest guy in the world, but he flips. Right. And he just he just flips. Totally, totally. So, so you, I, I mean, that, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. So, my first one, I'm gonna give a quote, a, a quote that he says. I mean, I was there for two years, and he probably said it. I don't even know how many times, but he said it probably at least a thousand times. So, you know, when um, when a team is, let's say, how are we gonna put it? So, so you know, we're. Let's say we, St. John's is playing well, playing well, and got a pretty good lead. And, you know, 
maybe up ten points with about five six minutes left. You know, this is the line that'll always come out. You know, we want it's when you you know it's not so much about flying up and down the court, but it's more so about being smart. And so, Coach Lab's favorite line or one of his favorite lines is, you know, now we got them right where we want them. So now we're gonna slice them like slice them up like a side of French fries. He'll slice me up. He yeah, loves that, was, that line, you know. It's just I, I think I, I love his analogies, you know, his his comparisons because okay. it keeps it fun, you know, it keeps it interesting, it makes you think for a second, like, okay, okay, yeah. I get, it, I get, it, I get, it, I get it. <laughs> uh, another one, of mine, um, yeah, you know, he um he always talked about um the fifty year life plan. Yep, yep. Um, so that, I take that seriously, you know. Um, what you doing after basketball, you know. Um, right now, I'm, I'm in the midst of, of playing right now. But, you know, eventually, um, I want to I um, coach after do something. So I want to go back and uh, get my master's. So I want to set myself up for, like like you say, for the 50-year life plan. Right. You know, basketball only lasts for another 10, 12 years. And then, then you've got 30 more years to live to, to act on that. Actively, like right, you know, got you. doing a job. Yeah, um, you don't want to work after the, after the thirty, but yeah, doing a job. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, no matter who you are, you want to you want to take your playing career to as far as possibly can go and um, keep sticking with it. But then at some, you know, eventually your you know your body's not going to be able to do it in the way it used to. And I think Coach Lav, I think he does a good job of you know keeping keeping that in your mind, you know, knowing that, you know, when you're, when you're coming into college, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, you know, you're like that, that thought might have never crossed your mind before coach lab mentions it. Um, you, you, you're done playing when you're 38 and now you got 40 more years mm-hmm. to you know, do whatever. So that, I, I keep that with me. That's one, that's one of the biggest things I keep with me besides the other great memories. That's, that's one of the biggest things I keep. With me. Right. And, and just like I said, he said the, side of fries thing a thousand times he probably said that two thousand times um you know every, More than every, that. I was there for four years I, I heard that every day yeah every single day and so it's a, it's a it's a it's definitely a good one my second one that i'm going to share is going to be his his mantra which is hammer to rock um, <laughs> hammer to rock you know and that's a that's another good analogy you know it just means pretty much just means uh day by day put in the work um, you know, if you keep chipping away, keep chipping away at that boulder, eventually, you know, it's going to crack and you're going to get to where you want to be. And so I just think of, I just think of that in the sense of, you know, put, putting in the work in the gym every day, um, focus, detailed work on what you need to do. So then when the lights are on, pretty much you'll be ready to shine and you'll be ready to show, to show all your work, uh, to, to all those that are watching, you know, it's a, it's a, um, just to think about trust, you know, it, it's it's almost become cliche because with the whole, whole Sixers thing, trust the process and, you know, mm-hmm. keep working. But you know, it's a, I think that's you know one of the one of the best uh, ways to think about it. And just keep pushing, keep going, and and good things will saying, happen. You said that before, Philly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who you got for what? You, or what you got for your last one? Got um the three thousand nicknames you gave me. Um, <laughs> Between, uh, it all started with, I think um, he named, he said Costco's, right. uh, Swiss Army Knife, uh, Walmart, like anything right. that, that, 
with all the names, that anything that had to deal with being very versatile. What about Tasmanian he, Devil? Tasmanian Devil, like he, I, I, I can keep up with how many nicknames he didn't gave me, and I, I look up every five seconds, like, yeah, you know, Lab called you Costco, uh, you know, Tasmanian Devil, you know, block shots, the still, you know, all type of stuff. Lab come up with in his head, and with, um, being versatile, I'm like, hmm. That's right, but it, when I say stuff, you're like, what? And right. then you're like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I got you. Right, right, right. No, that's, that's it. He can talk to you. Um, my last, that, that, yeah, that, I mean, that just, that speaks on what we've been talking about this whole time, you know, your versatility as a player, but he just, he just always finds a funny way to put a spin on things, you know, it, it Every- rather than just saying, oh, well, Dom is a really versatile player, you know, he, he's, he's super creative and and has a great you know imagination and stuff to come up with stuff um that makes it fun but my my last one is gonna be he, he would always say this um because our team like players like yourself and um you know jakar sampson and d'angelo and phil guys who really love to play in transition he'd always say you know once as soon as you get the rebound we're gonna uh pivot past tear ass down the court <laughs> um, you know zero to sixty uh, Mark, Mark five. Yeah, Mach five, NASCAR drive, like all those. He he'd say like six things in one sentence, and you'd be like, "Holy <laughs> shit! What? Wait, what?" Um, and it's just like all he meant was just run up the court fast. That's all he meant. Um, all he meant get the ball and go. Yeah, and he could all he could have said was just run your ass up the court, but he he you know put this crazy spin on it, and it was it uh I mean it's just his style, you know, it's just his style of coaching and. Um, it's his, or it's, I wouldn't even say it's only his style of coaching. It's really his style of communicating with anyone. Yeah. Um, that, like, he communicates, that's how he talks. Right. Like, he don't just coach like that. He, he coaches the way he talks. Exactly. Like, you have a conversation with him, there, there is no one word, like, <laughs> there is no one word answer. Right. There's not, it's not just a yes. There's a, there's a something before the yes. Like, yeah, yeah, boom, 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 boom. Yes. It's some some before it. He got he got to give you a backstory to it too. Right. And someone um, someone was talking. You know, I was talking about the podcast with someone, and they were like, "Well, you should have Coach Lavin on it. All you'd have to do is prepare one question, and he would just talk for an hour." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate, don't you think? Oh, it's very accurate. He's gonna have some questions for you. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I better yeah, I better have my notebook written. You know, I'll be better be ready to answer it if I ever have him on. But um, yeah, you got that. He's gonna hit you with a crazy question too. Of course, of course. That uh, that wraps up the the top three for us. Um, like I, like I finish all my podcasts, but it was it, I think I think people will enjoy that. You know, listening to the the insight on Coach Lavin and not maybe may, maybe they don't get to see just in the interviews or in the um, while watching the game or whatever. So, um, really really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, obviously it's a uh, Late at late at night over there for you. It's it's just morning time here. So appreciate you taking the time. Glad we finally made it happen. You know, it's it was a busy schedule. It's a little con- conflicting schedule. But thank you very much for joining me, my man. No problem. You tell Mike. You know, you're a real good friend. So you know, anytime you need something, I'm there for you, man. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. Good uh, good luck the rest of the season, and uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting it done. I definitely will. We definitely will link up this summer. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.